today? Is that all you want is Jesus? Because believe it or not, all he wants is you. Can we just take a moment to extend that worship and just let the Father know all you want in your life is him. Go ahead and glorify him for a moment. Go ahead and make it personal and just let him know, Father, all I want is you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, I picked up something in the spirit over there while they were singing that song. And just the Lord just kind of quickened to me that there were people in the building and watching online as well that you're having trouble breathing right now. You woke up this morning and you were struggling to breathe. If that's you, we're going to do it a little different. It's actually going to take faith for you to receive today. I want you to come down front. I want you to move as quickly as you possibly can. If you had trouble breathing this morning or even right now, if that's you, just come on down right now. I just heard that in my spirit. If you're watching online, this applies to you as well. Just come on down. Just come on down and just continue to worship the Father as you come. Praise God. Can we get them over here, ushers? Bring them over here. Give them a little space in between each other, if you would, please. Congregation, can stay in an attitude of worship. Stay in an attitude of prayer. God loves these people so much. Yep, just give them a little room in between each other. God loves you so much. Anyone else? You woke up this morning or even right now, just difficulty with your breathing. If you're watching online, this applies to you as well. I want you all to lift your hands up towards heaven because that's where your help comes from. I'm going to wait on you. Praise God. Glory to God. Come on, church. Pray all around the room. Stay in an attitude of worship. God loves these people so much. He wants their breathing to be corrected. Okay? Now, this is going to take your participation because he gave me a specific way to do this. If you're watching online, it'll take your participation because he gave me a specific way to do this. I want you to lift your hand up towards heaven. I want to remind you that God is the healer. 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes, we are healed. Okay? When I get to you, and if you're watching online, I want you to take one deep breath, and then that's the inhale. And when you exhale, I want you to say, I am healed. And then I want you to begin just acting on that and attempting to breathe normally. So I want you to do that for me. Take one deep breath on the count of three. One, two, three. Now let it out. I am healed. Okay. On the count of three. One, two, three. One deep breath. Let it out. I am healed. Glory God. Hallelujah. Glory God. You're already feeling better. Glory God. Yeah, you're already, he's already Glory touching God. your body. Yeah. 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 Let's do what he told us Glory to do. God. One deep breath. Glory God. I am healed. Glory God. Hallelujah. Yep, online. That's the process. One deep breath, one deep breath on the count of three. One, two, three. I am healed. Yeah. 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 Go ahead and worship it. Yeah. Sing a little bit more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. 
God. I, I wanted her to stay. I wanted her to stay right here in that striped dress. Because I literally felt power go out of me when I laid hands on these ladies. Young lady, young Denise, Denise, she rode with us yesterday on our motorcycles. Do you all notice any difference in your breathing right now? Do you notice any difference in your breathing? Some are instantaneous, some happen over the process of time. What you continue to do is practice what you believe happened to you today. Young lady, what about you? Do you notice anything different? You do? You notice something different? Breathing is a little easy, easier, less labored. Linked Up Church, can we give God glory for that today? Online, if you sense that God healed your body, you sense that God has increased and expanded your lungs, and your breathing is easier, easier. just type it in and let us know today. I see you all can go back to your seats. Now give them another big round of applause. Give God all the glory for what he's doing. I want to welcome our online viewing audience today. A lot of places. Listen, everybody is online right now. So take, thank you for taking time out of your life and schedule to join our channel today and watch our service. You won't be disappointed. I want to welcome everyone that's in the room. Thank you for coming out. You know, the building is starting to look like it used to look. And that is a blessing. And so we're getting back to, to where we were, and, and that's a real blessing. And God is with us. Uh, God's protection is here. His blood is present. Uh, no one will get sick in this building. I said no one will get sick in this building. Come on, I need a little bit more help. No one will get sick in this building. In Jesus' name. And if you get sick outside of the building, soon as you come in the building, you will be healed in Jesus' name. Best way to follow along today, you can certainly uh, use the YouVersion Bible app. Church Online platform has all the notes right there. Let's pray and then you can be seated. You've been standing a long time. I'm going to pray a short prayer. Lord, bless this message today in Jesus' name. You all can be seated. You've been standing a long time patiently praying for other people. Let's thank our music department today for creating an atmosphere that God can move in. And so I want to also say that my wife, did, I thought she would did a just magnificent job on last week. Uh, from the tomb or to the womb, or if you're in a tomb, how I many know you can turn that tomb into a womb and start a new beginning in your life. Just real blessing, honor to be called her husband. Just really a real blessed message on last week. Today we're going to pick up with last words part four. And I really online, whatever you do, don't get distracted today. In the room, don't get distracted. I learned so much in studying this. I just pray that it blesses you as much as it blessed me. Uh, you know, of course, we all meditate on Jesus' last words when he was on the cross. We're looking at an extensive study of really what his true last words were, which happened between his resurrection and his final ascension. And so let's go back and read our foundation text in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, the former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, that phrase taken up means raptured, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering 
by many infallible or undeniable proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And of course, we celebrated resurrection just a, a few Sundays ago, and we're still within that time period where he was showing himself to his disciples. And today, we're going to pick it up with what his fourth statement, or really the fourth thing he said, came in the form of a statement, and it has to do with our dear friend Thomas. Now, I mean, we all know him as Doubting Thomas, right? That's, that's who we know him as. But I've come to study and learn he was much more than just Doubting Thomas. And believe it or not, we all have a lot of Doubting Thomas in us as well. I need a little better amen in that. All of us do, right? All of us have a little Doubting Thomas in ourselves. So what happened to Thomas was he missed church. He missed a Sunday, and as a result, he missed a great work of God. But God in his grace revives his heart, and then he strengthens his faith, which he's going to use me today for many that are in the room, but more importantly, a lot that are watching online. Then through the grace of God in Jesus Christ, Thomas is transformed from a doubter to a sold-out follower of Jesus Christ. He's transformed from a doubter to a disciple. And how many know that is the goal, that is God's heart for every human being on the planet because we were all skepti skeptical about this Christianity. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me only speak for myself. I forgot you all were born, uh, came out your mother's womb, praying in other tongues, and, and been believing since day one. Anyone was like me, though, that you needed just... It's just tough to get to that place where you were sold out for that, all right? So we needed a process. Let's look at our text for today, John chapter 20, and let's begin reading at verse 21. John 20, 21. Now Thomas, and we'll read down to 31. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Now Thomas called the twin. I bet you all didn't know Thomas was a twin. Now Thomas called the twin one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. So now we know this text is referring to the Sunday prior to this when Jesus entered into the room and only 11 other disciples were there, but Thomas was missing. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side. Listen to what Thomas said. I will not believe. Believe it or not, a lot of us are like that. What we say is, if you do this for me, then I'll believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, but this time Thomas is with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace to you. And we'll get to that. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and, and, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. And truly, 
Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Other places it said that there are not, a books, not enough books that can contain all of the miracles, signs, and wonders that he did during this time period. But these are written that you may believe. Somebody say, it's written so that we can believe. Say it again. It's written so that we can believe. The problem with people is that they need to see something in order to believe. But Christianity is different. You have to believe something in order to see something. Okay. All right. So God, uh, so these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that in believing you may have life in his name. Now, our topic or text for or subject for today is from doubting to believing. This is the fourth statement that Jesus made. He told Thomas to stop disbelieving or doubting is what that word means and only believe. Now let's look. There are four points under here. We'll start with letter A. Letter A is MIA. MIA stands for missing in action. How many of you all over the course of your salvation have had seasons where you were MIA? Anyone in here online just willing to be honest? Missing in action. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and I want you to get a better understanding of why the enemy, not God, wants you MIA. Now, in verse 24, it says, Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. How I many know every time we show up, he shows up? Anytime we gather, how I many know Jesus is with us? The scripture says in the, uh, uh, in the council of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. And he says, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, what does he say? So we don't actually have to be in a building to have church. Church can come in the form of connect groups. Church can come in the form of dream teams getting together outside of this building. We'll talk about that a little bit. So Thomas was not with them. So after Jesus had lived, he died to save his people from their sin, he rose from the grave in power and glory, and he appeared to his disciples on a Sunday, as we saw the last time that I ministered, uh, and he went to where the disciples were gathered together, and he appeared to them, and we know in that text from that particular message, he gave them peace. And peace only comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, you can confess peace all day long. Doesn't mean you'll walk in it. You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus in order to experience that. But Thomas wasn't there. So I want to explain this. The Bible doesn't tell us why he wasn't there. I mean, he could have had a legitimate reason for not being there. Right? It could have been extremely legitimate. But we don't know why he wasn't there. The only thing that we know is that he wasn't there and Jesus points that out in the scriptures. Sometimes, folks, God has something for us, but we're not where he wants us to be in order to receive it. All right, let me move on because I got a lot to cover today. Letter B, let's talk about doubt and unbelief. Sometimes the reason we're not present is because it's easy to slip over into doubt and unbelief. Doubt, by definition, is to be uncertain. It's to be a skeptic. It's to be in disbelief. 
Unbelief is the state of not believing by definition. And it's interesting that in the Webster's Dictionary and Dictionary.com, it uses this language, especially in matters of doctrine or religious faith. So even the world knows it's tough to believe something you have never seen. And so much so they put it in Dictionary.com, which is why there are certain things we have to do to bring our believing up. Okay, and we'll talk about that. Now, look at verse 25 of John, 20, uh, John chapter 20. Let's go back and look at that. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side. This is interesting. I will not believe. That's a strong declaration. And he has eyewitness testimony from the other disciples. But I mean, no, that's, we're all that way, right? Anybody ever came and tell you a story and it just sounded too good to be true? And you looked at them like this after they said it to you? Anyone willing to be honest? Let's set the stage, though. You got to remember, they had never seen anyone risen from the grave. None of them actually believed this happened, and I'm going to prove that to you. Now, even though Jesus showed himself to the 11 the week before, they're in a posture eight days later, the same one that they were in after he showed, them to them, to, uh, showed himself to them. So eight days later, they're right back. That wasn't really him. I'm going to prove this to you. So it just shows you from one message to the next, you can lose everything that you learn. And it doesn't even take a whole week for you to forget who you are. I need a little better amen in here today. All right. So the disciples shared the good news of the risen Lord with Thomas. And no doubt they say, much more than the record records here, right? It would seem that they shared how Jesus showed them his hands and his side. It would seem that they gave Thomas resurrection proof that they literally saw him. And these are Thomas' friends and his fellow disciples. He knew them, he trusted them, but yet he denied the testimony of his brothers. Now, we've all come to know him as Doubting Thomas. Now, in my studies, I actually thought that Thomas was an unbeliever. Did anybody else think that as well? As I studied it more, Thomas is actually not an unbeliever. Thomas is a believer who's weak in the faith. And I'll prove it to you like many are. And so, although Thomas does doubt here, we shouldn't think of him as an unbeliever because earlier in the chapter, earlier in John's writings, it actually shows him in a different light. And we're going to look at that in a moment. And so I never, I just learned this studying this because as believers, how I many know we have a tendency to only believe what other people tell us? A lot of times we don't go research things for ourselves. And so we try to live off what 
other people have studied instead of living off what we study. And it's so important to study for ourselves. So I want to challenge that, that thinking and that doctrine that Thomas, because all we've ever known him, at, known him as throughout the history of Christianity is doubting Thomas. He started as doubting Thomas, but he ended as way much more than that. And I never knew that. And so what is the difference between an unbeliever and a person who is weak in the faith? Let's look at three quick observations. Number one, Thomas wasn't an unbeliever. He was weak in the faith. Let's back up to John chapter 11, and let's look at verse 16 together. Notice John chapter 11, verse 16. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, then Thomas, who was called the twin, so we know we're talking about the same Thomas, said to his fellow disciples, to be a fellow disciple means I am also a follower of Jesus Christ. Right? And now listen to the words that Thomas says. Now he also shows us he's not only a follower of Jesus Christ, but in his words here, he presents himself like a strong follower of Jesus Christ. He says, let us also go that we may die with him. Now, I mean, oh, you, you are with Christ if you're saying, I want to go with him. And if he dies, then let that happen to me as well. So you're watching, you're looking at someone in the 11th chapter who are making strong faith declarations. But by the 20th chapter, he's saying, if I don't see the nails in his hands and see his side pierced, I will not believe. How do you go from I want to die to him to I die for him to I will not believe? By missing services. I'm going to just let that say lie for a minute. <laughs> By stop serving. Sure is quiet in here today. And online, it's real quiet. All right. How do you do that, folks? See, the only indication it gives us here is he missed the meeting. And that's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to stop. So that you can go from strong faith declarations to I'm not even sure if I believe the same way anymore. Number two, how do we know he was weak in the faith? Thomas is in unbelief and he says that if his precise demands aren't met, who are we to demand anything of God? He said that if his precise demands are met, if he's not able to touch the wombs of the risen Lord, he will never believe. How I many know it's not right for us to make, make unholy demands from God? The Bible calls that evil, and I'll show that in a moment. It's never right for us to doubt God. And the only indication that we can see here that made him this way is that he was MIA. It's missing in action. Okay. I want to bring out something else here. How else do we know he was weak in the faith? His words give us an indication. See, if you listen to people, you can locate people. So don't ever listen and you can locate. Don't pay attention to nothing else. Listen and you'll locate. So this man says, 
If I don't see anything, I will not believe. So his faith is in his eyes and not in his heart. So never forget, folks, we walk by faith and not by sight. In the kingdom, it's believing and then seeing. What Thomas is saying, if I see, then I'll believe. So now, by definition, then, weak faith needs to see something before it will believe. Okay? You all getting anything out of this today? All right, let's keep traveling. Now, so he needed to believe with his eyes instead of believing with his heart. Number three, why is church so important? Why is church so important? As Christians, unbelief and weak faith are a real danger to us. Unbelief and weak faith are a great danger to us. Why is church so important? So remember, church, the Greek word is ecclesia, and it means a called out group of people. I mean, you know, we're not supposed to have church. We're supposed to be the church. And so this building, folks, was just a building until we all came into it. Right? It's not a church until we come in. All right? And so how many know wherever we gather, we can be the church? Now, let's read Hebrews chapter 3. Let's read verses 12 through 14. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Now, notice it calls unbelief having an evil heart. Isn't that interesting? Unbelief here in the Hebrew or the Greek is defined as faithlessness, disobedience, and unfaithfulness. So it can be seen and unbelief can be seen in absenteeism. Why is it so quiet in here today? I know this is not a sexy message, but how many know it's the truth? Unbelief can be seen in absenteeism. When I leave my post, that's an indication of potentially greater issues. Now, don't anyone get in condemnation because everyone's situ situation is different. Right? But you know you. Somebody say, I thought somebody was, else was supposed to be up to speak today. <laughs> so notice, it's a warning. He says, beware, right? Brethren. So he's not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. What is unbelief? In departing from the living God. See that? But exhort one another daily while it is called today. So notice, we, we have church on Sundays, and then what are we doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? It's going to be hard for us to be a strong community of believers, and all we do is go to church. He says, but exhort one another daily. Which means when we're in relationship, family, and community, we should be calling each other, checking on each other, praying for each other, helping each other. Hey, I haven't seen you in over a year and a half. Are you okay? 
Then this is interesting language here. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Now, it's interesting. On yesterday, we had our, our uh, ride connected, our, our, our motorcycle. And all we did all day was encourage each other. And it was such a blessing. We met. I'm going to show you we had church. We met. We read three verses of Scripture. We asked for prayer requests. We all prayed for each other. And then we went for a ride. We had lunch together. One of the best days of my life. Put that picture up. Do you all have the pictures? If you can put, put a couple of the pictures up on yesterday. We had church on yesterday. See? That's about eight of us. And we went out there and we rode our bikes. We prayed with each other. We, we, we encouraged each other. We ate together. How I many know we had, a, we had church yesterday? And it was interesting. One of the guys said to me, he said, Pastor, you know what makes this special? is you're not just a guy up on the stage. You actually want to be with us. And listen to me, folks. People don't really care how much you know. They want to know how much do you care. And care is seen in your actions. It says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. So every day we should be encouraging each other. Notice lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now we know how people get caught in sin. They get away from God. I mean, you know, when you get away from God, your heart gets hard. Then sin begins to deceive you. All right? Notice what else it goes on to say here. For we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold, if, conditional clause in the contract, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Now, because I'm your pastor, I love you. You may not be comfortable coming into the building, but you sure are going a whole lot of other places. I need a little, bit of, little, little better amen in the house of God today. And listen to me, don't get in any condemnation. All I'm saying is you can go other places with other believers. Connect groups can still meet outside of church, right? Even if I'm not comfortable coming in the building to serve on my dream team, can I still call them? Can we get together? Can we fellowship outside? Can we meet somewhere? Can we just check on each other? Can we have a care check beyond the Zoom call? Can I see you, my brother? Can I see you, my sister? I just want to see your face. I haven't seen you in so long. I miss you. People need to hear that. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation here. It says, so now... We must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. 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 
So if he promised you that not one weapon formed against you would prosper, then guess what? Not one weapon formed against you will ever prosper. If God promised you that he would meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus and you are a giver and you serve, then guess what? All of your needs will be met in Christ Jesus. If Christ promised you that by his stripes you are healed, sickness and disease is more afraid of you than you are of it. We serve a God that keeps his promises. And we need to live our lives like he keeps his promises. Verse 24 says, discover creative ways to encourage others. Discover it. So just because COVID hit, folks, we need to get creative and figure out ways to keep God's mission alive, not figure out ways how to stop doing what he told us to do. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. I love the brother that was sitting to my left. Soon as the bill came, how many know it can get a little funny when it's time to pay that bill? And the waitress only brings one bill, right? It's always somebody in the group, right, that only pays for their meal. So in other words, what it said it cost on the menu, not the taxes, or the tip. Come on. Come on. We, everybody out here know what I'm talking about, right? You, you ever been to a... Am I the only one? So my brother next to me, he said, I got the bill. And I was like, praise God. Uh, but watch this, though. I asked him, how much is the bill? And then I slid over half of that to him. Said, how much on there is 20% of the tip? Saw the tip. I said, slid about 80% of the tip to him. And then watch this. Then I told the people he paid for everything. I'm not telling you this to bring anything to me. I'm going to show you what happened as a result of that. So once the rest of the table realized that their meal had been paid for, two other people popped up and said, I got it next time. When we get back to the church, we're getting ready to get off the bikes, and, and, the, and the one brother that said it at the restaurant, he said, now, it's my treat. This meant something to him. because We're not even talking about it now. He said, it's my treat the next time. And then we had some fun with him, didn't we? He said, now, you shouldn't have told us that on the front end. Next time, I'm ordering an appetizer. Come on, somebody. Meal, I'm ordering dessert, right? And then guess what? I'm going to still do the same thing on the back end. See, folks, when we're together, now guess what? If anyone in that eight was weak in the faith, I guarantee you they left yesterday strong. Because there was no lack among us. Everybody's riding, everybody's eating, everybody's getting gas. Come on, somebody. There's not one person not going to have the exact same experience as all eight. Why? Because we're together. 
All I'm saying to you is you cannot do life the way God called us to do it at home. Can we give God a little better praise than that in here today? I said, can we give God just a little? I, I believe we're making Satan real, extremely upset right now. Let's keep going. So he, he encourages us, right? Verse 25, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say this is not the time to pull away and neglect going to church. He said this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Even if you're not comfortable coming in the building, don't neglect meeting together. Somebody say we need each other. The Bible bears me out. Let's keep reading. If some have formed the habit of doing now, one Sunday, you're good. Two Sundays, you stop serving. Okay, you missed a month. You were tired, but it's been a year and a half. The light is in my eye, so I can't really see how anybody's responding right now. Can anybody help me? One Sunday, okay, I understand. A whole month, you were tired. You've been, you had served a year straight. We ain't seen some of you all in a year and a half plus. Andrew, my uncle, the next time you come in this building, answer the altar call. Come down to the front. Rededicate your life to Christ. That's my uncle. I can play with him like that. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? I'm challenging you, and that's what a good pastor will do. It's time to get back on your post. It's time to get off your rusty dusty. 40,000 fans at a Braves game with no mask on. 40,000 at the um, Atlanta uh, United game going crazy for something that does not give eternity. While the church is staying home waiting on the government to release them. feeling something right now. Type in online, I love Pastor Gregory. <laughs> type it in. I need to see it too. Type it in. And then type this in right behind it because he loves me enough to tell me the truth. You know, God had to tell Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their faces. So we need each other to fight sin, to pursue holiness, 
to stay on the narrow road of faith. Denise, bless her heart, that was riding with us on yesterday, she just kept getting tripped up in her words. And every time she would get tripped up in her words, we would reaffirm her that God got your, God's got your back. We would tell her how to say that the right way. And you could just see her spirit just lift up. Folks, we need to be able to ride bikes with a group of people that are not riding to truck stops and picking up women and, 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 and picking up prostitutes and getting drunk. Come on, you need to be able to send your husband to ride with people that, that are going to hold him accountable and tell him that's not what we do in this group. Come on, we need to send our people to ride with people where drinking alcohol is not allowed, where cussing is not allowed. We don't know who they're out there riding with, but when they're riding with other believers, then we can help each other stand for what's right and hold each other accountable. We can help each other. So is it wrong to miss a church gathering? Not necessarily. Sometimes we have to. And for all we know, Thomas had to. Listen very carefully. But regardless of why we miss, this is the question we need to ask ourselves. Can missing a Sunday be detrimental to our faith? According to what we're reading, yes. Can missing a whole year and a half? So if in one week this is what happened to Thomas, what do you think happens to people after a year and a half? See, bad habits are hard to break. Now you got to get that monkey off your back. Sometimes that monkey's name is L-A-Z-Y. Come here, lazy. Come here, lazy. Let's go to letter C. Amazing grace. Jesus ministers to Thomas in his weakness. See, what you've got to understand about the character of God, when you're at your lowest, he's at his highest. When, he, when you're at your worst, he's actually at his best. Look at John 20, 26. Then eight days later, Thomas and all the others were in the house together. And even though all the doors were locked, Jesus suddenly stood before them. And he said, peace, quietness, rest. Irony is the Greek word there, prosperity. What he's saying to them, I've come, fellas, to set you at one again. That's what he said to them. Now, what I want to pull out here is the disciples are in the same room again with it locked eight days later. So now the previous Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the previous Sunday, he had appeared to them then. But once he left, notice they went right back to their previous behavior. Which is why you have to have a daily relationship with Jesus. You can't have a Sunday to Sunday relationship. So now he has to come through the locked door again. 
Verse 27, then looking into Thomas' eyes, he says, Thomas, put your finger here in the wounds of my hands. Here, put your hand into my wounded side and see for yourself. Thomas, don't give in to your doubts any longer. Just believe. And I can imagine that's how Jesus said it to him. Jesus could have rebuked Thomas. He could have condemned him, but instead he gave him grace. I mean, you know, most of us, if we died for someone and came back from the grave and they still acting like that, we'd have walked in that room like, I went through all of that. This is what you're talking about? Come on, come on, human beings. Come on, human beings. Raise your hand if that's what you would have did. I just went through all that. This is what you're talking about? Or we definitely wouldn't have had nothing to do with Thomas ever again. I mean, we'd have walked in the room and wouldn't even spoke to him. We'd have went to the other 11. We threw with Thomas. See, not understanding that Thomas was the one that needed the most help. So who was Jesus interested in? The one who needed the most help. So Jesus could have rebuked him, but instead he gave him grace. Jesus meets and ministers to Thomas in his weakness. Look at Isaiah 42, 3 from the Passion Translation. And this is Isaiah prophesying about what Jesus would be like. said, he would never crush a, crush a broken heart, nor disregard the weak and vulnerable. He will make sure justice comes to those who are wrong. Isn't that good? That's the character of our God. I want you to write this statement down because a lot of times, especially if you're watching online, a lot of times we think we've messed up so bad that there's no hope for us. Amen. Or I've been away so long, no sense in going back now. Amen. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. Write down this statement here. There's more grace in Christ than sin in us. That's a powerful statement if you really understands what, understand what that means. That means I don't care how low you think you've gotten, Christ has more grace than the sin that you may be involved in. Somebody ought to thank God for that right now. I don't know about you all. I didn't come to Christ correct. I came raggedy. And I thank God. I, that's when I knew he had more grace than my sin because I thought there was nobody out here sinning at a higher level than Joel E. Gregory. How I many know he will prove you wrong every single time? Anybody else glad he proved you wrong and showed you that his grace was greater than your sin? That's what we see here. Jesus was under no obligation to meet Thomas' demands. But out of pure grace, he offers resurrection proof, proof to him. He said to Thomas, he said, here, put your hand here and, 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 and thrust your hand here. Put your finger here and thrust your hand here. Folks, I want to challenge our theology as well. How many of y'all have always thought that Peter put his finger in his, in, his, in his, or Thomas put his finger in his side and thrust his hand into his side? How many of y'all thought he did that? Raise your hand if you thought, I did too. He actually didn't. So even though 
that was his demand, Christ was able to get him to believe without Thomas ever having to touch him. That's how wonderful his grace is. I'll prove it to you. Let's look at the transformation, letter D, and I'll bring it on home. Before I get to the transformation, I want to make sure I say this. What's underneath all sin is what's called the sin of all sins, and it's unbelief. So that's literally underneath every human being's problem is the sin of unbelief. So when you see people caught up in something, they're not rejecting Christ. They're in unbelief, right? And so what's the antidote to that, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that means in the area that I'm struggling in, I mean, I have to build my faith up to the place where my unbelief turns into belief. And how do I do that? I study on that subject until that changes. Everybody clear? So when you see people caught up in things, it's un unbelief is at the root of that. See, when I don't trust God, like as a single person, you know, I always use the single analogy, but it's so true. As a single person, when I want to do it my way, it's because I don't trust his way. Amen. Not that I don't trust him. I'm in unbelief that that could actually happen that way for me. And like people will always justify that and say, well, my situation is different. But if you take your situation and you apply the word of God to it, it's going to still have the same results. But the problem is people have more faith in what they can see instead of what they can't see. So you see where human beings all get caught in this vicious cycle. I do this because I really don't believe. Right? And because they, they, they need to see something, that's why they do that. Things that make you go... See, ask yourself, why do I do what I do? It's called unbelief. See, when I don't tithe, I mean, you know, the unbelief is what's at the root of that. You all still glad you came to church today? So never say I have a problem. Just say I need to work on my unbelief in that particular area. Doesn't mean it's that way in all areas, but the one you're struggling in, that's what's at the root of it. Transformation. Let's look at what happened, and let me prove that thought, and then I'm going to close that statement. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. This is the heart of the Father, right? He wants every person to be transformed by his Son. And this should be every believer's heart is that we want to see other people transformed into the image of his dear son. Now notice in verse 29 here, Jesus responded, now that you have seen me, notice what he didn't say, now that you have touched me. See, and I had to meditate that to get that because in my mind, what did Peter do? Stuck his finger in. 
I keep saying Peter, don't I? <laughs> what did Thomas do? Stuck his finger. And that's not what, look at what Jesus responded. Jesus responded, Thomas, now that you have seen me, not touched me. So notice, even that was, even though that was Thomas' demand, Jesus got him to believe without meeting that demand. Because if he would have met that demand, how I many know a lot of us would approach him the same way? And the reality is that's not how we get anything from God. Which would have violated all the rest of Scripture. Everybody clear? So he says, Jesus responded, Thomas, now that you've seen me, you believe. And then he speaks to Thomas about all of us. He said, but Thomas, boy, <laughs> there are those who have never seen me with their eyes, but have believed in me with their hearts, and they will be blessed forevermore. Is there anybody in this room that has never seen Jesus but yet believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God? What well, Jesus promised and he prophesied right there that you would be blessed forevermore. Come on, say it by faith. Say, I am blessed forevermore. Come on, one more time. Say, I am blessed forevermore. Say, I am healed. I am delivered. I prosper. I live life forever in Jesus' name. Come on, give God glory for that right now. Come on, I said give God glory for that right now. You are blessed more so than Thomas because you never seen the risen Savior, yet you believe in him. And I'm going to give some people online and in this room today to be blessed in that same way. Let's close right here today. John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31 says, Jesus went on. You all can stand to your feet. We're going to close right here today. Just say it one more time. That just empowers me. Say, I am blessed. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God has blessed you? Or do you believe he's going to bless you? Which one? Which one? Right now you're blessed? Why don't you by faith put your blessed hand on somebody that you came with them and prophesy that over them? Say, you are blessed. Now, if they fall out, catch them because there's so much power on you. Go ahead. Look at somebody on the other side. I just want you to know you're blessed if you're a believer. Look at somebody on the other side. And just point to him, whatever you're comfortable with, and tell him, you are blessed. Now go ahead and thank God for a moment that you're blessed. Come on, thank God for a moment that he has blessed you. Can you all see yourselves in Doubting Thomas? I think we all can, right? I think all of us as human beings at one point or another said, man, I got to see that. Right? Anybody willing to be honest? Now, I didn't go through church history with you, uh, but I want to show you very quickly here the, the end of church history tells us that Thomas was so impacted by this encounter, and you have to study church history to learn this. You're not going to find this in the scriptures. 
He says he was so impacted by his encounter with the risen Lord that he became a missionary to India. Listen to this. After he came to truly understand how Jesus had poured himself out in love for his people, he rose in victory and was so full of love, mercy, and grace, Thomas was compelled to pour out his life for the fame of his God and his Lord. He worked and he preached and he loved and he established many churches in India and eventually literally poured out his life for his Lord being killed for his faith. So doubting Thomas turned into a missionary and died as a martyr. So I need you all to understand, it doesn't matter where you're at right now. Just get started. And God will take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. All you have to do is take the first step. Stop beating yourself up because Christ sure isn't beating you up. If anybody deserved to be beat up in that moment, it was Thomas, but yet Christ showed him the most grace. So you got to understand when you're at your worst, he's literally at his best and his arms are wide open. Look at verse 30 and 31 from John 20. It says, Jesus went on to do many miracles and signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not even included in this book. But all that is recorded here is so that you, and he's talking about every person in this room and every person that's watching online, so that you, this is so interesting, so good here, so that you will fully believe that Jesus is the anointed one, the son of God, and that through your faith in him will experience eternal life by the power of his name. John, when he wrote this, knew that on May the 16th, God would call a man named Joel Gregory to minister this message at a church called Linked Up Church, there would be thousands of people watching online, hundreds of people in the room, and he knew you would be present today. He orchestrated all of this just for you. He knew you would be watching online today. And this was his way of speaking to you over 2,000 years ago, letting you know how much he loves you, even in the condition that you're in right now. And so now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking unless you've been assigned to do so. I'm talking to you online as well. If you're in this room or watching online, you've never given your life to Christ, you've never confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart, notice that is now the way that we become saved. It's not through believing with our eyes, it's through believing with our heart. So if that's you today, you don't know Christ. He's not your personal Lord and Savior. I want to pray with and for you. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I've been MIA. I've been missing in action. I've fallen away from God. I've gotten out of fellowship. That word just encouraged my heart today. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. I want to come back to God. I want to get it right starting today. He'll meet you right where you are, and then he'll take you right where he wants you to be. My third invitation is maybe you don't have a church home. We believe Linked Up Church is a good church, but there are many other good churches as well. Here, we're going to help you get connected to God. 
We're going to help you join a family. We're going to help you figure out your purpose, and we're going to help you serve within this community and the community at large. So if you don't have a church home and the Spirit of God has confirmed that this is where he wants you to join, my wife and I will be happy to receive you. Today is your day. Come on and join the family of God right here at Linked Up Church. So I gave three invitations today online and in the room. First is to give your life to Christ. Second is to come back to Christ. Third is to join Linked Up Church. My heart's desire is to pray for you today. That's the only reason God gave me this message. That is my heart's desire, and I know it's God's heart's, heart's desire for you. But the only way I'll know that you desire my prayer, if you want to give your life to Christ, come back to Christ, or join Linked Up Church, is by lifting up, lifting up your hand. So right where you're standing right now, or online, if you want to give your life to Christ, you want to come back to Christ, or you want to join Linked Up Church, will you shoot your hand up in the air right now? Just lift it up, keep it up as high as you possibly can. Lift it up, keep it up as high as you possibly can. Anyone want to give their life to Christ, come back to Christ. I see those hands up there. Come back to Christ or join Linked Up Church. Never put off to tomorrow what God is calling you to do today. Remember, he loves you, and all he wants to do is take you from right where you're at to where he wants you to be. So if you didn't raise your hand that first time, but in your heart you know you should have, would you go ahead, shoot that hand up in the air right now. Lift it up. Believers are praying all over the room. Lift that hand. Keep it up right now. Anyone else want to get in on this prayer? All right, if you lifted your hand or you didn't lift your hand or in your heart you know you should have, do me one more favor. Just gather up all of your personal belongings. Step into the nearest alleyway. Come meet me right down here at the front. Linked Up Church, give them a big round of applause as they come. Come on down now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's make her feel real good today.